You know, um, I cannot wait sometimes to get Zach on the show. Zach Abraham is joining us, Bulwark Capital Management, because I, sometimes I get the opportunity to break news with him, um, such as, I, I don't know if he knows this, but Pharma has been defeated. We beat Pharma this year. We beat Pharma this year, and it matters. We're going to change people's lives. <laughs> yeah, I just looked at his face. He'll have something to say about that. Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. It's been a great week seeing the progress of young Alan, the chief soap officer at Alan's Artisan Soaps. He's back from the hospital. He had his surgery. Two days after having his spine operated on, he walked down the steps from a jet and gave the thumbs up. Back to work. That's strength. So thank you uh, for supporting them. Allensoaps.com slash Todd. Zach Abraham's with me. Man, what a day. I didn't know if you thought you'd live to see it, um, that Pharma's been defeated and Joe Biden did it. <laughs> Dear leader, man. Fearless Joe. I, I, what, 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 you know, we live in a period of time where words have taken on all kinds of new meanings. So by beat Pharma, does he mean like, we beat their profit records for a previous year or something like for a, no, what, what was he? Yeah. I think the asterisk was beat. Uh, it gave them uh, in one year by force, gave them 10 years of profits uh, by simply forcing people to purchase their products. That's a good point. We have, what, okay. So let, let me, let me, let me dumb this down a little bit so I can try to understand the narrative at least. Yeah. What, what is he, what is he claiming that he beat? Oh, well, he lowered insulin prices um, after, well, remember when he came into office when he was installed, first thing he did was raise insulin prices because President Trump had lowered them. He's lowered them again. So that's a man who's oh. given pharma a beating, Zach, just an absolute beating. They're, I don't know if they can survive. <laughs> this is like a third world dictator, like raiding the, raiding the food coppers. And then bringing them back in on a white horse like the next day and like, look what I did for you. Right. Look and what I did. Wait, why, why are their bites taken out of all the food? Uh, <laughs> this is my commission. Well, did you see the horse that I rode in on? I mean, he's got to eat. <laughs> right? He doesn't that's run on solar panels. That's, that's, a, that's a great, great point. Great oh, man. So much to get to. Let me um, just start with a, another bit of breaking news. Um, this is from the EU, Zach, and curious your thoughts. And this is what is expensive, because in these peak demands, the expensive gas comes into the market. So what we have to do is flatten the curve and uh, avoid the peak demands. We will propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours, and we will work very closely with the member states to achieve this. I, um, does that phrase flatten the curve sound? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I saw that interview last night and, uh, I listened to it just because I thought, okay, this has got to be somebody, you know, like taking her out of context. Like they wouldn't roll that term out again, would they? <laughs> um, <laughs> 
You you know what amazes me though, Todd. I I you know off the cuff here. I was speaking to California. I, I, or I was speaking. To, I was joking around with some of my buddies on on Twitter. Um, and just so you guys know, I'm not a social media guy. I just do Twitter like Todd. It's I all I do is on the financial and political side. Um, I've never had a MySpace or a Facebook. Not exactly my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody that knows me knows that. Not really a social media type guy. Not one to take pictures of my dinner, you know, and <laughs> yeah. post it on there. I'm too too interested in eating it. But uh, uh, no, we were talking about this, and I and I just said, like, if you just step back objectively and look at it, and you look at California, you you know what's amazing to me? What's amazing to me is that there are so many people that support those politicians. I like even take partisan politics aside from it. If you were to define as a constituent, like a failed leader or a failed governor, like what does that take? Like what does failure look like if it's not now? Like even if you're the most diehard, died-in-the-wool, liberal, woke person, like you can't – and they're going to sit there and make all the – look, it's idiocy and moronic leadership is the reason they have an energy crisis, right? In the middle of this energy crisis, they're trying to mothball a nuke plant, the only real source of clean energy. And, you know, water, I mean, you name it, you know, stuff, all excrement lining the streets of San Francisco, homeless. Like you sit there and go, guys, if this isn't failure, what does failure look like just objectively? And and the whole point I said to him is, look, I'm not advocating that, that California turn red. I know they won't. But I'm just looking at them and go, surely you've got more competent people with D's next to their name that you could put in there, right? If this isn't failure, what is? Uh, Our common friend and uh, my former colleague, uh, Jason Rance at KTTH, your radio show runs there, one of your massive number of affiliates, knowyourriskradio.com. And um, Jason broke a story that the UW, University of Washington, a a, um, disgraced medical school and Children's Hospital that, you know, has decided that puberty is a disease to be cured with uh, radical surgeries and wrong sex hormones. Uh, That's Seattle Children's Hospital. Yeah. They put out a a so-called study that pretended to show that kids who got the reverse sex, wrong sex hormones uh, were happy, well-adjusted, suicidal ideation, depression, anxiety were gone. So I initially read that and said, this is trash. Um, You followed the kids for a very short period of time. It was self-reported. A bunch of them dropped out. Um, There was no objectivity to this. This is garbage. This is not a a study. Um, Then Jason got the emails between Children's and UW, and they knew. But want to know why it didn't get, they didn't apologize? Is they said, oh, this is only true um, in conservative media. No one in so-called mainstream media knows this, and it's gotten excellent coverage. We've gotten good press on this. People are very happy with us. So only conservatives care because they're the only ones who know we lied. So we're not going to correct it. So we're going to continue to have parents believe that shooting your little girl up with testosterone and then later chopping her breasts off and, and, and mutilating her, um, her vaginal region, that's, that's good. That helps her. So to, hey, how, to, speak. Well, to answer your you, question, you brought this. Yeah, go ahead. No, just to say to answer your oh, question. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. To answer your question, Democrats don't know. They think in the separate country of California, they think there's drug addicts on the street because Donald Trump uh, raised taxes on the poor. They think there's drug addicts on the street 
because drugs need to be legalized. Um, they think people are homeless because there's not enough homes. They think mm. that, um, that COVID continued because Donald Trump didn't wear a woke mask. They think that because that's how they've been programmed. So the big difference between people of an independent mindset um, who do not have their decisions made for them by media and, and the, the, I don't want to say it this way, but many, many liberals and Democrats is they still trust the institutions. So the institutions, ABC, CBS, the Washington Post, it is not true unless those institutions tell them it's true and people in, in liberal San Francisco worship government. So government says this is what's going on, then that's reality. So, I mean, to me, that's my observation. What do you think? I think that's the best explanation I heard. One of the reasons I was asking that question, well, first of all, the other thing I was going to say, <clears throat> do you remember is probably four or five years ago when everybody in the United States was up in arms about, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the clitoral mutilation that happened to young girls overseas. Yeah, it's, uh, but yes. you remember, yep, yep. Yes. But, but now five years later, it's good. Female genital mutilation. Yeah. yeah female genital. Yeah. Gen, yeah. If, um, F -F but, but now yeah. it's good. Oh, oh, but only, no, but, but only if, the, if you use the magic trans word, the, the fake word, then it's good. But if it's done well, for another, if it's done in, under another religion, um, not the religion of the sexual left or Baalism, which is what I think they're doing. I think they're all following Baal. No, if it's if it's done for Islam, you just don't talk about it. There was a bill in Washington State to ban that. A woman who was a rape survivor in the state and a state rep uh, brought up a bill. Let's ban slicing the clitoris off of young girls so that their husbands, so that they can't have full sexual satisfaction. That way they'll stay with their husbands because they won't want to go have sex with other people. That's the rationale. That's the rationale. Oh, and by the way, yeah. I mean, while we're being blunt, um, Hey, while you're, while you're doing that, could you go ahead and close her vagina up a little bit for my pleasure? So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and this, yeah. and, there was a bill in, in the separate country of Washington to ban that. She couldn't get it passed. <laughs> I, well, that's what I'm saying. It makes you wonder, right? Maybe we were wrong about all of these radical Islamic, you know, sects that were doing this. Maybe they were actually early on the whole woke train. <laughs> Maybe we just weren't listening close enough. Well, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we didn't, we never did sit them down and ask us and ask them, um, were you triggered when we were upset that you did 9-11? Because we didn't want to trigger you and we might've needed to sat down with that, but no, there's no, it was a micro, it was what? It was a micro, it was a microaggression, Todd. And then it was followed by a macroaggression, which yeah. was the war. And you know, they were just trying to be woke, man. Yeah. Um, it really is. It really is. But to, but to get to your point about why these people think that I've got some people that I was decent, you know, even up until like six or seven months ago um, that that w were probably self-described liberals that listened to the show that liked what we had to say on the financial side of things. And I follow them on Twitter and I haven't unfollowed them just because I like to have, you know, I like I, I don't want to live in an echo chamber, you know, um, sure. And watching these people just over the last four or five months, I'm not really sure what it is, man, but they have taken a pivot. I was listening to this guy, otherwise a, a fairly level-headed dude, going off on this rant 
about the reason that we just seized a bunch of drugs at the border is because Trump's no longer in office and Republicans are no longer illegally taking drug profits from letting drugs being smuggled into the country. And, and I just sat there and I looked at it and I went, do people really like, I have big disagreements with obviously with the liberal part, democratic party. I don't think that they're letting drugs come into the country and taking a kickback from the cartels, right? Like I, I, I I think they're incompetent at policing the border, but like you, I, I, I'm just reading this and going, you guys actually believe this? So I mean, it just let's unpack, let's unpack a whole bunch of this stuff um, because, okay, number one, of course, Trump was trying to stop people coming in from the border. That was his fame. That was the number one promise. But he ran on. Right. And 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 the big difference between Trump and other presidents is Trump then started to do it. And I talked earlier this week. I think that's where the party was like, dude, what? You meant that? You actually (laughs) meant that? Like, you don't, this is not theater of the mind to you? And Trump, like, no, I, I promised to do this. No, no, we only promise stuff to get elected. You're nuts. You can't. So, uh, uh, yes, it's insane to believe that it was um, Donald Trump that didn't want that to happen. But Mitchell McConnell doesn't want the border stopped up. And your dictator, Jay Inslee, you, you know where he got three extra congressional seats, right? No, was it? I didn't even see that. Was that the influx of the the, the population here in Washington? And illegal immigrants. Yeah, yeah. Illegal immigration has given him uh, three extra congressional districts. What does a whole great big drug addicted society in cities get? The dictator of Washington State and the dictator of Seattle. What do you mean? What, what do they? What do they get? What do you Federal mean? Federal monies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, yeah. They have to yeah. solve this problem. I mean, it's a huge problem. They got to solve it. They need billions and billions in federal money with which they hire their friends. So I'm not, I don't believe they're taking a cut from the cartels. That's small money. I, like, why would you take a cut from the cartels when you have billions and hundreds of billions of walking around dollars to spread out saying, oh, we've got to solve the problems we created? Right. No, I mean, that's the whole irony, right? Like, I mean, oh, oh, the kid, oh, because the, the Cali cartel is going to load your pockets. They, they're peanuts compared to the kickbacks Can these guys are getting from the federal. The, the Cali cartel sitting there looking at Big Pharma going, they're brilliant. I, I could see the Cali cartel. What a business the, model. Yeah. I could see going into their offices <laughs> and there's pictures of Burla and like the, uh, the CEO of Moderna and Pfizer, like behind them and, and pictures of Fauci. And why is that there? Oh, they're the most brilliant criminal minds in history. They, 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 yeah, just, yeah. they, they make people take their drugs. This is what we've been trying to do. And <laughs> yeah. So I could see them completely worshiping at the altar of this. But the other thing I think that happened And to further expand upon your question, this is how I view this. How do they vote for these people? That's the magic of intersectional politics. Okay. So when, when Joe Biden gave his satanic speech and am I, did you also look at that and go, Oh, okay. So he's Satan. Man, I I was so confused by it. And and let me just lay it out. Uh, I wasn't surprised by what he said. Um, I was puzzled by how divisive he's gotten. I mean, he's never like, look, I don't have any, I don't, I, I didn't think that Joe was the Eagle scout that everybody painted him out to be coming into office, but 
I also didn't think I would hear a somewhat, you know, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but, but for lack of a better term, and I'm not calling him this, so just every, but just kind of that Hitler-esque tone and, 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 and phrase. The other thing too, were just the optics of it. Like I was sitting there going, who in the, I mean, even the economist Todd, which has turned into a joke of a magazine because they've gone full woke. Even the economist was like, weird speech, bad tone and divisive thing. And you're just sitting there going, I, I, I just would have liked to have been behind the closed doors and gone, who thought this was a good okay. idea? Let, let me take you inside the way that I, I viewed this um, because I don't think you've heard this cast yet. Um, that's a man who is using State Department money to push atheism, to push um, so-called drag coins, to push, to push the genital mutilation of children, to push the redefinition of man and woman, to lie about the existence of an immune system. And he stood there and said, we want your soul. We're fighting for the soul of America. And I'm looking at that going, yeah, you are. Yeah, no, well, what, that's my wife and I were. Yeah. Yeah. My, my wife and I were having a conversation. She, she looked at me and she was like, you know, my wife's very, very intelligent. So we just, we were just talking about it and she goes, what does he mean by soul of America? She goes, the, the soul of America is giving people gender reassignment at eight years old without parental permission. Like, what are you talking about? Well, this, like they, I mean, we have just gone off the flipping reservation, man. He, I mean, it's just out a thing. He said to Antifa, you're on the right path. These people are fascists. They are killing people. They are killing BIPOCs, so-called. And to Black Lives Matter Corporate, he said the same thing. Keep going. You're doing the right thing. You're on the right side of history. And he said to frustrated people who are fans of President Trump and people who are being, they, they feel they're being erased and they don't have podcasts and they don't have radio shows and they're, they're very frustrated. He said to them, yes, I am going to attack you. Yes, I am going to take everything. Now come and do something terrible. So no one take the bait. No one take the bait. But it goes to intersectionality. So how do they continue to vote for these people? Well, it's the same thing, Zach, as I view it as how is it that gas station owners aren't all of them saying, what are you doing to us? What are you doing? You're going to destroy our shops. You're going to, why aren't they? Because they're afraid they got to keep what they have. So intersectional politics works like this, the figurehead in that speech, and they are coming for your social, uh, um, some, some, the social, you, you know, the thing, uh, social security, they're coming and he says that, okay, that's an intersectional thing. Oh, they're going to take my social security. And they and they said that, uh, uh, tr trans children shouldn't be allowed that birthday cake. And then people are going, wait, they don't want tra trans kids to have birthday cake and, and the gains of, uh, of the BIPOC communities they, they want to put the blacks back in chains and, and you ain't black if you don't vote for me. And now black people are going, wait, they want to put me back in chains. That's intersectional politics. You go to the heart, the fear. You sell the fear to each specific group. And if you're Hispanic, uh, Republicans have a plan uh, to use uh, uh, DNA tracking to figure it out when you eat a taco and tacos aren't racist and they're going to send you back to uh, whatever the Mexican place is with the Mexicans. So that, that's how intersectionality works. So they just amass victim groups. And so people are voting with their fear and that's what happens. And that's how they hold them. And there's this thing 
in this book called the Bible that said 365 times, do not let the heart be troubled. Yep. Do not fear. Yep. Be still and yep. know that I'm the Lord. And yep. Satan has a very limited tool set. He has pride. Oh, well, it may say that in the Bible, but, uh, you know, God never met this chick. She's hot. There's shame. <laughs> There's shame. Well, I can't go to church because I, I slept with that chick that was hot that God didn't like. Yeah. And then no. there's, there's fear and there's anger and there's rage. That's what struck me in that speech is he is fighting for souls. That's why it so freaked me out. And that's also how you get to these nonsensical points like economically. And, and I, I do want to get your input on this. Uh, you and I had a conversation on Twitter uh, yesterday about this math. Guys, I, I want to lay this out to you as we have the EU saying we're going to um, make you turn off your electricity. Oh, Zach, I didn't get to this. There's a country that wants to put people in jail for heating their houses. True story. They want to jail you. Um, we came across. Sounds the- right. Yeah. Guess how long it's going to take to produce enough lithium at today's at today's rate of production. We'll talk with this uh, Zach Abraham about this. So I am chatting uh, with Zach Abraham, the chief investment officer, Bulwark Capital Management, um, and the guy who speaks his mind. And I so appreciate that about him because there's many, many people who speak the corporate speak. I mean, you talk to a CEO of a, of a company, and, and, and unless it's leftism, well, we certainly believe, you know, that leftist leftism, uh, and, and they, can, they can virtue signal. Well, we have to do something about the climate catastrophe. You ask them a specific question, and, and they just skate past it. Zach doesn't do that. Speaks from a heart. You know who you're dealing with. Also, just go back, and you think about the conversations we've had now for almost eight months. The consistent themes and the consistent honesty about what's going on in the financial market, it's right here. And he's not here to say, I, Zach Abraham, have figured this out. That's a thing he's never said. In fact, he said, there's a reason we hedge everything. Because right now, right, particularly right now, the risk is so high because the market's so crazy. Because, and we'll talk about this in a bit, that the fundamentals don't matter. They do matter. Math is going to catch up. Profits are going to catch up. Like as Zach has said, when physics and ideology go to war, physics win. Physics win. We're about to talk about that. You get that from Zach. And then his team goes to work in, yes, growing your wealth, your nest egg, absolutely. But no good growing a great big beautiful, oh, you know, a great big beautiful uh, ostrich egg if right before you edit, you know, you drop a rock on it and now you can't edit. That's like your, 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 your retirement accounts. So if you're five to 10 years out from retirement, it is really, really important that you get in touch with this guy at Bulwark Capital Management. It's 866-779-RISK, 866-779-RISK. Or you can go to his website, knowyourriskradio.com. Leave your name and stuff there. They'll get in touch with you. Plus that way you can find his radio show and hear him when you want to. Knowyourriskradio.com or 866-779-RISK. The government wants me to remind you with a very important thing. Investment advice can be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management's investment advisor, representative of Tech Financial LLC, and SEC registered investment advisor. Dang. Woo! Get Professional. Me, yeah. <laughs> Get me a government bonus for that. Yeah. Um, I sent you uh, an article last night. We were sort of chatting about this, that at the same time as the, the, the people in Switzerland um, are going to be facing jail, 
uh, if they heat their rooms above 19 degrees Celsius. This is what they're considering. The Daily Mail says they're considering this. Um, They would jail you for up to three years if you heat your house above 19 degrees Celsius um, due to the, but this is all about Ukraine. None of this was foretold. no No one saw this coming. At the same time as that's going on and everything's getting switched over to electricity, which is, you know, Zach, that's a brand new tech. Electricity, that's, I mean, it's amazing what they can do. One day there might be nuclear. If, if you want to get enough of this, this metal to do what they're saying they're going to do in, in, in getting to the so-called green revolution, you would need 9,921 years worth of lithium production. 1,733 years of cobalt production. And get this, for germanium, you would need 29,113 years of production. Plus, you need to go do this every 20 years for, for, for wind and solar installations, which, by the way, can't be recycled. Right, right. Well, so, so this gets to the point, and it's something I've been trying to tell, talk to our clients about, and we're actually going to have what we refer to as a town hall meeting, because especially in these markets, I feel like once a quarter, at least I've got to talk to everybody and just say, Hey, you know, keep it calm. And, you know, like even in, even with our clients, our average clients down about 2% on the year or something like that. But, you know, they see all the news and, and they're freaking out and I get it. it. And, you know, I've gotten the question of why aren't we just sitting in cash or why aren't we just doing these things? This is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Despite all of look, and it's scary. Right. I mean, the stuff that we're talking about is scary to sit there. I, I don't really care where you are on the political spectrum. Um, it, it really is a shame in our country, regardless of party affiliation, that a guy running the country steps up and calls 50 percent of the populace fascists. Right. Like, I mean, let, I mean, let's get outside of the like, you know, get out of the yeah, hyperbolic and pejorative whole part of, of how ridiculous that is. But even talk about it like on a mathematical distribution level, like if you're going, it, it is not possible for 50% of a population to be extreme, right? What you call that is you call it half of a population, right? It's not the way statistics work. Yeah. Um, you know, j- just on a basic level where you're just sitting there looking at it. And so, and so what I've been telling our clients is that guys, it is, it, it, it's kind of a tale of two cities. It is the best of times and it's the worst of times. And what I mean by that, when, when you hear them saying their numbers are accurate, I, I read through it. Um, they're accurate to the best of my knowledge, giving, giving what we're looking at. And if they're not, they're close. But what it really is telling you is that the prices of these things need to go way up. And people go, well, Zach, what, what do you mean? What's the correlation? Look, we're going to get enough lithium. We're going to get enough of these things. Okay. But what has to happen is the price of those things has to go up enough where the profit incentive is there to, to justify and to raise capital to build new mines, to produce that stuff. And that's why I am so excited. I've never had a period of time in my life or in my career where I've sat back and said, look, if you want, you can't lose types of investments. They're there. Right now, the time, time will tell, I, 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 you know, we don't know the timetable, how long this plays out, but bottom line is, you know, one of the portfolios I love right now is to be long those types of metals and to be long energy, right? Existing oil and gas. Why? Both of them have to go up, but whichever one doesn't do well, the other one has to go through the roof. 
right? So it's like a built-in hedge. I mean, literally, it's it really is that simple. Okay. Yet, what what's okay. crazy though, Todd, is that's yeah. still not what people want to invest in. And so you're just like, okay, I'll take it. All right. So, and people want to invest in. Oh, uh, Zoom's doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we want to buy it at 20 times revenue with negative cash flows and with a backdoor that the CCP's got access to and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, but, but, but the madness in culture, and we've talked about this before, they do not expect markets to be rational when culture's off the rails. They're going to they're, yeah. move lockstep. And that's why I say right? there's no such thing as a social conservative. No. You can't no. be, because if, here's what you say. Well, uh, you know, I, I support the free market system, uh, reasonable taxation uh, in exchange for reasonable regulation. But uh, in terms of what uh, what people uh, do in their bedrooms or are taught in terms of the moral issues, uh, you know, that's something I stand back from. All right. So your contention then is this, that you can, um, you can have a fiscally responsible society when kids are being taught that they are a duck if they say they're a duck. And yeah. a fiscally responsible society when people are being told that debt is not debt and that all you need to do is forgive it. Or they gave a serious consideration. This was a serious plan from people like AOC. Let's mint a trillion dollar coin. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a fanciful idea. No one would ever pursue that. <laughs> right. Except, except you get things like this. Listen to this. This is Jennifer Granholm, Zach. The, the, who, to whom we're to refer to as the Secretary of Energy under the figurehead. Do you think what California is doing could or should be a national model? Could be, could be. I mean, you know, I know every state is different and you always have to respect what the states are doing. Except for abortion. But uh, I do think that once people, I mean, California has gotten more used to electric vehicles. 1.9%. Uh, and we have to bring down the price of electric vehicles so that everybody can access them. And Bring down the price. We need to bring down the price of electric vehicles. But what I just heard from you is while it's going to take us 29,000 years of, of, of production at current rates to have enough germanium to produce these electric vehicles and these solar panels, we need to bring down the costs. <laughs> Secretary of Energy. And, and this is where it's gotten to the point where I don't even know what up. I mean, I do, but in terms of what, like you're sitting there going, whoa, 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 hold on a second. There's this beautiful thing called supply and demand. If you want more of something, you're going to have to pay more money for it, right? There is a reason why people aren't out there raising, right? Well, why are people out there raising money for this coin, that coin? I mean, the coins have been hammered recently, but but why, why are they out there raising money for that? Why aren't people raising money for geranium? Because there's not enough profit in it at these prices, right? And, and the market has not woken up to that reality because all the money is still chasing all this nonsense, right? And, and at some point, reality is going to strike. And that's why I say I love that pairs trade in a portfolio of long traditional quote unquote fossil fuels and then long the other metals that are going to go into these things because one of them has to go way up. It's an economic law. Right. And, and there is no way to meet the demands for the things that they're talking about. And, and just so you know, you know, I, I know people might be out there with extreme views. Look, I, I, I think electro, I think electric vehicles are a good thing. I, I like, I think they're going to be, I could see myself driving one at some point one day, but it, let the free market dictate this and, and it's going to do a much better job and you're going to avoid shortfalls. And, and that's the problem with society. And I, I was having this conversation and again, I'm, I, I'm kind of boiling it down to one central thing, but 
we've got this attitude now or this belief that we can, that things don't have costs, right? That we can, we can truly have our cake and eat it too. And, and people need to understand that with every single thing you do, we should look at everything. I hate it when people are like, Oh, pay off student loans. And you go, Whoa, guys, all these, all these issues are very, very simple. What we do is we do a cost benefit analysis and we look at whether the benefit outweighs the cost. And this is not complicated stuff, right? But when you're in this world where, you know, two legs, good, four legs, bad, and this Orwellian dystopia where everything's upside down. And like I said, you're, you're sitting here having debates with people over whether, you know, uh, whether pigs can fly. I mean, it's just, the whole thing is just ridiculous. I mean, talk about losing the narrative. Oh, oh no, but Zach, we're gaining the narrative and I mean it. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. No, hold it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to play something for you. I don't know if you've heard this yet, um, but someone brought this to my attention and the music in the background isn't in the original, but it's a guy giving a speech warning us about this information, except I don't think he was warning us. I think he was issuing instructions. You got to hear this because you just started to say, I don't know which way's up. Right. And I I feel the same way. Well, we didn't lose the narrative. There's been a narrative installed. We'll talk about that. I got a text from you, uh, Zach, uh, this week or maybe last week. You sent me a picture of the bone frog. Uh, you had some bone frog yeah. in the K cup. Um, number yeah. one, I want to thank you personally uh, for being a partner of the show that supports partners of the show. That's so, so cool. And I wanted you to know that people notice this and other partners have said Hey, it is means the world to us to hear Zach speak our name. So I just wanted to tell you that. I'm not going to ask you to participate in this thing about Bonefrog, um, but I would just tell you that it means the world to us um, that you do that. Bonefrog.us is the website. Here's my ask of you. If you haven't yet tried the coffee, simply try it and make a decision based upon the coffee. I can put out all the words in the world, but the thing I can't do from where I sit is sample it for you. Okay, I can't do that but you can sample it. You may come back and say, this is too expensive. So be it. That's, that's Tim's thing to figure out. Tim Cruikshank is the founder of Bonefrog, um, Bonefrog Coffee at bonefrog.us. He's a 25 year Navy veteran and Navy SEAL. If the coffee is too expensive for you, then, then that's Tim's thing to figure out. If the coffee is perfectly priced for you, but you don't like it, then that's Tim's thing to figure out. Here's my bet. In terms of the quality of the coffee, I don't think, I don't think it can lose. Side by side, I don't think you're going to find a better coffee. He hired a legend. Dave Stewart works with him. They've started Seattle's best coffee. He advises on the roast. He actually creates some of the roasts. Okay, and this is a guy that, that Starbucks had to buy out of the business, basically. He's that good before Starbucks decided to make everything taste terrible. So bonefrog.us is where you do that. If you dig the coffee, the price point works for you, then sign up for a subscription plan. You'll get 5% off for the rest of your life. But my other uh, request from you is please use bonefrog.us. Bonefrog.us. Every bag says God, country, and team on it because that's the values. They hire veterans every time they can. They put a huge premium on working with veteran-owned companies, and they take some of the proceeds in the company, and they help families of fallen seals because that's where Tim's heart's at. It's bonefrog.us. All right, so Zach, you were just talking about how society and economic policy are tied together. And 
And when you've got a bunch of confusion, people can't make good economic decisions. Listen to this. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth, the game's won. Thoughts? I, it's really, intellectually, I have a very hard time listening to somebody talk like that and also know that they're cheering that same thing on behind the scenes. It just, the duplicitous nature of that is just. <clears throat> when I, I, when I fly next to celebrities, I have a line I use with them if they're being terrible or if they're being good. Okay. So the line is this, um, I flew next to Dean Cain. Um, Dean Cain played Superman and he's in a lot of Christian films now. And people refer to him as a B-lister and that's mean. And, and Dean is a great guy. I know this cause I flew next to him. He was a wonderful gentleman. Tony Danza, wonderful gentleman. Uh, talked to Tony for probably an hour in um, the MVP lounge in Newark when I used to fly a lot on Microsoft's time. And first of all, far bigger dude than you'd think. Um, secondly, unbelievably nice. And I told him when I, and he gave me a hug. I said, hey, Tony, you know what? You don't have any idea of the effect you have on people. He goes, uh, thank you, brother. Thank you. And I said, I mean it. Like, it's so nice to meet a celebrity who's themselves. Thank you, Tony. Yeah. And um, Dean Kane, very similar. I told him, you know what, Dean, I don't think you have any idea uh, the effect you have on people. And that, that you're, and he goes, oh, well, thank you. I said, I mean it. You're very kind. Um, there was a, I, I flew with a, um, you know, I used to say her name. I feel bad about it. Um, she was on 90210. She was perhaps the female star of 90210. And I feel bad because I don't know what sort of day she had. I don't know what happened. She was just being horrible to people. Um, do you need someone to teach you how to, ins how to put your luggage up? Um, coffee. C-O-F-F-E-E, -E, coffee. Uh, to the flight attendants. And on time means a thing. On time wow. means a thing. And I'm sitting here watching this and thinking, you know what? I hate flying too, but you are being so rude to people. And we got up to, you know, cruising altitude and, and it was a morning flight. Maybe that's why she was in a bad mood. And they brought out the or the breakfast trays and we're eating. It's, you know, first class. We're right next to each other. And I took out my uh, uh, earplugs and I said, you know, miss, I promise I'm not someone who sits and bothers people in airplanes. I'm just curious what, what brings you from New York um, out West? And she goes, oh, work. I said, oh, okay. Just, what do you do? She goes, pardon me? What do you do? She goes, I'm an actress. I said, oh, like on Broadway? And she goes, yes, as a matter of fact, I just did a play. I said, oh, that must be fascinating. What a, an, an incredible way to earn a living. How fascinating for you. Oh, I love the stage. And now she's talking about the stage. And then eventually she said, I was on a TV show. You were. Yes, Beverly Hills 90210. Oh my goodness. I think I remember that. That did quite well, didn't it? And so part of this is, I think she's like, 
does this guy really know who I am? And towards the end of the flight, I said, you know, um, miss, and I use her last name. I'm not certain if you're aware of the effect that you have on people. She goes, well, thank of course you. you said that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and what I was meaning was the people you'd spent 40 minutes belittling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So my point in all of that is I think that we have to recognize the fact that psychopaths and sociopaths want to be in positions where they control others. And part of the fun is you are throwing shade at someone or you're using code and the dummies aren't picking up on it. So I can absolutely see Barack Obama saying to his minions, here's how you win the game. And to the rest of us going, oh, look at Barack Obama warning us. Oh, how sweet of Barack Obama to warn us. A guy who follows Saul Alinsky, who dedicated his first book to Lucifer. Right, right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So that's, yeah. I, I think, how you end up with a society so utterly confused that you can get, for instance, where you were telling me um, earlier about um, the dollar and China and the CCP and how interesting that is. And I have a bunch of questions about inflation and retirement. Um, and what that what inflation actually means for people's retirement. Um, but you were observing something about the the U.S. dollar and um, our fake dollar versus China's fake dollar. Yeah. So let me start this off by saying it's something that we've heard with some of our clients. And I want to say this to all of your listeners. I, I've got a poem on my wall by Rudyard Kipling called If. And uh, the very first line is it. And so it's if you're not familiar with the poem, it's him speaking to his son, telling him, if you do these things, then you'll be a man. And the first one is if you can keep your head about you when all others are losing theirs and blaming it on you. And we as Christian conservatives, we need to be aware of what's going on, but we also need to be very tight regulators on our own emotions and our own minds. And I am watching too many good Christians and too many good conservatives go down these conspiratorial rabbit holes. And, and look, I'm not saying you're all wrong. I don't know. Here's why you don't want to do that. You don't want to do it because now you're putting yourself in a place and you're spending energy on something that you have absolutely zero control over. Whether you know it or not, it is an absolute waste of time. And as a matter of fact, it's worse than a waste of time because it is robbing joy and brain capacity and time from your life. And it's something you can do nothing about. And so I look at them all the time and I go, you might be right, but what does that have to do with what we're trying to do right here? Okay. If you let that stuff come in here that we can't verify that we don't know, you know, you're just, you're cruising for disaster. And in a way you're flying off the rails, just like some of the people we're talking about. So I think that, you know, and, and this is how I felt when Donald Trump was running in 2020 and, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to mix in, I'm not going to parse any words here. I got more and more frustrated and angry at Trump as that election went on because I thought all you have to do here is exit the mania and be the adult voice in the room. Now, look, I'm not saying there weren't election issues or anything like that. I'm just saying as, as Christians, first and foremost, be wise as serpents and gentle as doves and don't give away your mental capacity and your sanity. Okay. So first and foremost. So second of all, what I was saying about the 
I think one of the biggest, we look at the world today and I use a term and other guys have talked about it too, thinking about all of the potential outcomes out there economically, socially, politically, and looking at it in the form of a bell-shaped curve, right? The, the distribution of outcomes, like what is, what is, you know, what is possible? And first of all, I think that that curve is flatter than it's ever been, meaning, you know, I see a, a, a range of outcomes and I think you can almost throw a dart in terms of determining what is the most likely outcome right now is one of the hardest things. And one of, and the reason I think it's so hard to determine likely outcomes is for the first time in my life and probably in the history of this country, you have entire political apparatuses built around suspending those natural occurrences, right? Like pushing back the tide, right? So we know that they'll fail. The question is, is when, right? And if you get the when wrong in investing, you know, what is 10 years too early in investing mean? It means you're wrong, right? So, um, but when we're looking, I, I think one of the most, so we look at, then, then we look at the bell-shaped curve and, we, and, I, and I refer to it as having pregnant tails, meaning that these, what are considered really extreme outcomes, I think are not really that extreme in terms of the likelihood of them happening. And I think the most extreme outcome when you're looking at the world right now outside of kinetic warfare, meaning, you know, China invading Taiwan, yeah. is, what's currently going, is what's currently going on in China. And I think most people aren't even talking about it. Um, China did a really interesting thing the other day. They strengthened their peg. So the way China supports their currency is they peg it to the dollar. Essentially, it's kind of like the gold standard, right? They say, okay, we will, we will determine the value of our currency because we will sit there and say, Hey, at any time you can come and exchange your, your, your yuan or your renminbi with, with the people's bank of China, the PBOC, and we will give you X many dollars, right? right? Just like we did with the gold standard. Okay. Well, China has built up this unbelievable, first of all, China's a paper tiger. If anybody's out there trying to convince China's going to take over the world, walk away. They, they, they are in a, they're a mess. Um, to give you an idea, their economy is about 16 trillion in size. Ours is 21 trillion. Their real estate sector is worth uh, 85 trillion. Ours is worth 30. Okay, so try to make those numbers work. They, they, have, a, they have a housing and real estate bubble that makes 08, 09, you know, look like a bad month in the market, right? I mean, it's, it's not even comparable. Now they can support these bubbles. They can support all this as long as they can defend the price of their currency. Well, why were they allowed to defend their price of their currency so long? Because everybody and their mother was tripping over themselves, take advantage of their lower labor costs, slave labor, child labor in a lot of circumstances, Uyghur labor, right? Yep. Uh, truly slave labor. And, and so they had this constant river inflowing of dollars. That meant they could throw around as much of their own currency domestically as they wanted to. And if their currency came under pressure, they could go out in the open market using U.S. dollars and buy their currency back, right? They could defend the, they could defend the peg is what we call it. Well, when you look, first of all, China's got a couple interesting issues. China is, I want to say something like 75, don't quote me on this because I pay more attention to the energy side of things, but something like 75 to 80% of their food needs have to be imported, right? Somewhere along the lines of 80 to 85% of their energy has to be imported. So they are extraordinarily reliant on, on importing of goods, specifically energy and food. Well, if you're an authoritarian regime, what is your biggest threat of, to power, right? Historically, it's inflation and a lack of food. Right. And China has a history of that. Right. It was called the Cultural Revolution when they starved out 40 million of their own people. Yeah. So 
right, like kind of like kind of like in the Weimar Republic, how how that 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 trauma from hyperinflation lasted for several generations. That same trauma is still alive in 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 China from the people that survived that and lived through it and heard the stories. So one of the biggest threats to them again is it now when when you look at energy and food or commodities, all of those commodity transactions by international law have to be conducted in dollars. Right. Well, what has happened to China's economy? You can hear the sucking sound of dollars going out the back door because everybody, not everybody, but very quickly, people are offshoring manufacturing and they're getting stuff out of China. Okay. well, when does a Ponzi scheme collapse? It's not when somebody discovers it. It's when the inflows are less than the outflows. Okay, that is currently what's happening in China right now. And you literally you couldn't pinch them any harder, Todd. You, you've driven the dollar up to 110 on the DXY, which is the highest it's been in, in, in 23 years. And at the same time, you have soaring food costs, soaring energy costs. And that's why I've said that these lockdowns in China are not all about COVID. It's about this demand suppression, in my opinion. I, I can't prove that. I don't talk to Xi Jinping or any of these guys. Right. But, I mean, it, it's the only thing that passes the smell test to me. Um, and <clears throat> what this all leads to is China, at some point, would have to devalue their currency. Now, here's where it gets sticky. You know this, because I know you pay attention. What is every major company's growth plan over the next 10 to 20 years? It's China, right? I mean, that's yeah. China. Okay, well, if, you lo- if they devalue their currency by 30 or 40%, what do you think that happens to domestic demand of foreign goods? Goes through the floor, yeah. right? Yep. So- I, I look, I, there's now here's the tricky part, guys. Don't go trade on this because it's not actionable. I mean, it is in certain ways, but, but China's a black box. So we don't know all we know about the state of their reserves is what they tell us. So we don't know what they've got and how much they've got. What I can tell you though, is like any Ponzi scheme. If you want to see when a Ponzi scheme collapse, wait to see inflows reverse inflows have reversed in China. And then the other day, they came to announce their peg, and they strengthened their peg. They took it from they they took it from uh, uh, six yeah they took it from yeah they strengthened it against the dollar. And so I sat there and I I call I called one of my buddies that's also a fund manager and I go did you see that dollar peg move? And he goes yeah I go that reeks of desperation, right? Because what because them doing that does not help their immediate economic situation. Right. So to me, if you were in a fiscally strong place, you'd weaken the currency, take some pressure off yourself. You'd be, you'd be, you're good. Right. They strengthened it. it. It makes no sense other than them putting up the face. Right. Well, if they're to that point and guys, I'm just I, I'm shooting here blind. I don't know. But I just kind of the spidey senses are going off and you're watching and I and nobody's really appreciating where the dollar's at and how big of a deal it is, you know, because Everybody's like, well, it's, it's a 23-year high. It's higher than that. And you go, you don't understand how much the world has changed since then. For the dollar to get back to where it was in 2000, that's like it being double what it was in 2000, right? And, I mean, for crying out loud, the euro is trading at parity with the dollar. I remember when the euro was at a buck fifty, buck fifty-five, right? That's crazy. That's a 50% devaluation. Um, so these things are causing massive pain. And I think one of the things that we're about ready to learn a lesson of is everybody is so myopically focused on the United States. Um, hey, guys, 
35% S&P revenues come from overseas, okay? <laughs> You're about ready to watch, and I don't see any way around it. You're about ready to watch international consumption of U.S. goods fall off a cliff. And you can see it, all the economic data. You can see it in all the credit impulse measurements, all these other things. And to me, the big pregnant fat tail in this whole thing is a, uh, is a China currency devaluation. And what scares me about that is I think the only reason, and again, I don't want to be reckless, but looking back and trying to read the tea leaves, I kind of think that the only way they wouldn't do a currency devaluation, or maybe they do a pair of them, maybe they do this and a currency devaluation together, but it's an invasion of Taiwan. Either or, either one of those scenarios plays out. Um, you're, it, it's a mess. And, and, and what's crazy to me, like I was saying to you, is you look at all the pre- – if, if China was going to be forced to devalue their currency, this would be it. These are the forces. These are the things coming together that would create that pressure. And, um, and, and, the, and then, like I said, the government actions, I mean, just, just think about it. So the CCP is locking down 21 million people, putting up the worst economic numbers we've seen out of them in 15 years because they're worried about 300 COVID deaths. This is the Chinese Communist Party, right? What is the, why are they really locking down? Are they that worried about COVID? Come on, Right. To, and so that, and then they strengthen the peg in this environment. Um, I, it just reeks. It just reeks of desperation. And, and I think that's something that people need to be on guard about because that's, that is going to, if that happens, look out. That's a, that is a very, very important bit of analysis. Um, and I would also add this, and then I want to uh, respond to the discussion about conspiracy theory real quick. I would add this, that in the, the show you and I both enjoyed, um, the terminalist there's mm-hmm. a scene if you haven't seen this it's a very very well done thriller um bit of a uh, bit of revenge porn people say i i, I don't know I, I think that revenge is, is part of human nature um so chris pratt plays a navy seal who's been betrayed by his country i won't i won't give more details because she should watch it and, and pratt's phenomenal and there's a scene in which pratt is being pursued and his pursuer asks him, um, who, who knows his history, um, his dad was a legendary SEAL. What would your dad say about what you're doing now? And Chris Pratt says, he, he pauses and he said, my dad would think it a mistake to force a man to violence if violence is what he spent his life perfecting. <laughs> and the dude just was like, oh, oh, <laughs> uh, let me take the question back. I think it would be a mistake to think that the Chinese Communist Party that has forced abortion policies that are locking up 21 million people to starve them to death because why use bullets? Because that's what Stalin did. He starved the Ukrainians. Bullets are expensive. Starvation's not. And oh goodness, it's a human tragedy and China is a black box. We don't know what goes on as they lock down 21 million people. We don't know what they're mm-hmm. doing to those people. China's the land of disappearance. Hey, you know what? Our currency looks bad. Our economy looks bad. Let's kill 21 million people. Yep. You know? Yep. And or, or, or let's invade Taiwan to get the focus off of it, right? right. The, and to oh, look, we own, our people around a common enemy. Oh, look, we own the chip. We own the chip business. Yeah. Oh, look, yep. we have a new, yep. we have a new reason for you to, to not take your, your products out of here is we own the chip business. Oh, by the way, we own sand. 
Uh, we own fresh water. Oh, okay. So on the topic of conspiracy, we talk about things on the show that some people will say are conspiracy. Uh, I, and I'm not saying that's what you were saying about me, but I would say, go no. look at my COVID work. Find me the area I was wrong. Just this week. I cite, I cite that all the time, by the way. I cite your COVID work all the time. The, the Epic Times is out this week with two things. Yes, there are fibrous, and they're not worms. They're not, uh, they're not alive. But they, they look like worms growing in the veins of human beings. Uh, I've talked about the mechanism for how the injections caused that to happen. A kid in Canada just had a six-foot fibrous clot. It's not a blood clot. It's uh, from malformed hemoglobin. It's a misfold that the, the spike proteins and mRNA screw up your blood system and your immunology. And it creates a, a badly folded um, hemoglobin, which ends up with these rubbery worm things in your, in your arteries. Six feet long, taken out of his leg. His leg had swollen up to twice its normal size. He's lucky he's not dead. Um, just this week as well, the Epic Times said, yes, they are finding metal objects in people's blood. The Italian researchers have analyzed it. Yes, this is happening. Um, so we talk about these things and I'm quite aware of the dynamic of, well, then what, what should we do? What can we do? That there's world forces. Klaus Schwab is an evil psychopath. He is trying to change the world. He does want to see 6 billion people eliminated. He admits it. The reason that we talk about it is because I don't want people to think it's happening organically. Oh, it's just happening. Right. Oh, it's just bubbling up. Oh, things are falling apart. Oh, the United States system doesn't work. No, the United States system is being attacked. Mm -hmm. We are in a state of Cold War. It's being attacked. And so was the time of the Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. So were those times. It was a very precarious time for the Jewish people. And here comes the Savior of the world. And as they pursued the Lord Jesus... And they, they're looking to kill him a bunch of times. You'll read the Bible where um, the Sanhedrin and the, and the, uh, the, the Jewish uh, religious technocrats at the time, religious bureaucrats, uh, Pharisees and Sanhedrin, they wanted to kill him. And you read in the Bible time and time again where Jesus slips away. I'm so entertained by that because I can see them. Kill him, kill him. Where'd he go? How did he yeah, get out of here? Yeah. Gee, I wonder, how did he? That's such a mystery. How did Jesus Christ get out? He, yeah. well, he got out. He said, hey, you're not going to see me. Never at any time did he panic. Right. Never at any time did he say, oh, this is all out of control. He knew the plan, though, right? I mean, the Lord Jesus knew the plan because he was, you know, fully God, fully human. He knew the plan. Well, wait. He told us the plan. Yeah. Evil people are well, going to do evil things. And Zach... You stand on the word. I know you to be a committed servant of the Lord, a discipled man. And in your profession, God has gifted you uh, and, and uh, allowed you to steward people's money because you have this incredible gift for detail, but also big picture and, and numbers, finite and non-finite and, uh, and the meta picture and the mega picture. You have that. He's gifted you that. I don't have those gifts. I have pattern recognition um, and communication is what the Lord has, I think, given me in full form. You and I both have the word. So on the mm -hmm. show, I, I seek to remind people, stand solid on this foundation. God Almighty sees it all, all the lies, 
all the conspiracies, all the corruption, all of it. He is with you. He is the God who sees. Take your fear to him because you were talking about keeping your mind right in this, this great poem by Richard Kipling. Well, the Apostle Paul says, take every thought captive to Christ. So yep. we can talk on the show about a whole bunch of scary stuff because I want you to know what they're doing so that you can use it to A, bring people to the kingdom and B, the Lord has created the most, the easiest, the hardest to fail, pass fail test in history. Are you with the side of people who want to generally mutilate children or not? Are you with the side of people who say debt is debt is not debt or not? Yeah, no, and, and there's a there's a there's a line that I always think about from a movie, and and I think about it even in even in in concert with with my devotions, because guys, I'm a human being too. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's really easy to get carried away. You know, I, like I've told you some of the stories of watching some of our, you know, one of our top holdings, it bounced back, but it got hit by forty five percent in a month. Because oil dropped. Well, a hundred percent of their production was hedged at ninety dollars. So this drop in oil yeah. didn't, and it, it it makes you mad, right? It, and yeah. and when that happens, I get away from the desk and I go for a walk. And the reason why is because if I'm spinning out, right, a car that is spinning out, it might look impressive. It's beautiful. He's not moving anywhere, right? You're not you're not making any progress. I, I think about this line in a movie, you know, because fear not, cast your worries on me. Um, and you know, I tell our clients to go, hey guys. We know who wins, right? And we know who wins. We've got the, we got the cheat card. Right. Now I'm not saying that we shouldn't be, should these things be worse? Yeah, these things should be worrisome. Are you kidding me? These people are trying to turn the country upside down, but let's focus on what we can control. And then, you know, you remember the movie, Todd, where I, I'm, I'm blanking out, might've been Black Hawk Down, where he goes, he goes, look at my hand and he holds his hand out there and it's just steady. And he goes, that's what you need. You know, or he said something yeah. like a steady hand. Be steady, be calm, be purposeful, be, you know, purpose driven in Rick Warren's terms, right? Keep your eyes on the prize. Don't get distracted. Yes, what they're doing is awful, but what can you do to impact it? What can you do to reach out to people? How do we be a light? How do we be a light? I pray with my kids every night. How do we be lights in dark times? How do we be flashlights in the darkness? And we don't do it by flipping out, right? We do it by staying calm, steady, focused, knees on the ground, eyes upward, and just keep plugging, but don't get led off on all these different goose chases and, you know, just trust, trust that, you know, I coach all trust the game plan. Yeah. Stick with it. And, remember, and we're going to be fine. Remember that the father God and Lord Jesus, um, they, they love us and father, the, the father wants us to come to him. I, I remember mm-hmm. I, still my mom loves it. Sometimes I give her, a, I give her a thrill. I call her for advice, even though I really don't want to hear it. So it's, mom, listen, I got this quandary. And then I put the phone on mute. And, uh, it's, it's, no, I'm the I That is such a good idea. No, I, 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 don't, I hope I, my parents are listening to this, but yeah. that's such a good idea. No, because it gives my mom a chance to say, well, here's what I do. Not that my mom ever needs the invitation because I call my mom. And so how are you? I'm okay. Well, you know what? If you're just okay, I just read a series of self. So my mom is always there, <laughs> but she, she always wants to offer that. But I can remember my father telling me, you know, I hope you always need me. And our, 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 you know, our father in heaven, he, he seeks that relationship with us. So as these things are scary, tell him, because otherwise you're lying to him. If you withhold this, well, if you are walking around, no, I'm good. I'm good. God knows you're freaked out. He appreciates yeah. it more. If you take to your knees and say, dear father in heaven, I pray to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I'm afraid. 
And then the Lord can go, okay, good. You know what? We have a trust relationship now because you're actually telling me the truth. Hey, we've gone super long. I've taken up a ton of your time. It's Zach Abraham, Bulwark Capital Management. It's always a thrill. I could talk for hours with you. Uh, knowyourriskradio.com. My brother, thank you so much. Um, always speaking um, clearly with us. Hey, always good to be on, man. Appreciate your work. And uh, yeah, a fun time. All right. This is the Todd Herman Show. It is uh, deeply appreciated by all of us when you hit the share button on your podcast app or do it the old-fashioned way through email. That's the way the show grows. Growth is thriving. Thriving is staying alive. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be openly honest with the Lord. Speak it out loud because he knows, right? He knows.